My name is Dario Hasenstab. I have two degrees in international affairs, and I'm here with Balder Hagritz, a former university professor of mine, as well as an IR consultant. And together, we're bursting the Western bubble. Welcome to our first episode of our third season. I cannot believe that we're in the third season. Balder, it's really good to be here with you. Hi, Dario. Great to be here. Very excited to start our third series. Um, it's an impressive run so far. Um, over 50 episodes and um, over one year of doing this. I, I think we can look back at that with 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 enjoyment, and but uh, there's still a lot to talk about. There's definitely a lot of talk, uh, a lot to talk about. However, we have talked about a lot of things in the past. We've covered a lot of ground. Are there any favorite episodes you have? For example, my favorite episode from the last year was actually two of them because they're both connected with each other. And both of them were about uh, Ukraine and Nord Stream. And uh, so it was uh, episode 22 and episode 27, because that's when we really delved into, you know, one singular topic that is also connected to international relations a bit to security uh, policy, and we kind of really looked into what are the different stakeholders and what's the Western bubble aspect uh, from from like every stakeholder's point of view and kind of what's the problem within the West here. So this was one of the most practical episodes we've done so far. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a very practical person in my, my mindset, so I, I always really enjoy those. I, I was actually struggling a little bit not to think of really good episodes because, of course, I'm, I'm happy with many of our recordings but the one that strikes me as absolutely fundamental is the one on institutions basically the decline of western institutions which is a huge aspect of our western bubble the problem is that you told me a while back that you had listened to it once again and that the quality might not be completely up to scratch this is this is kind of a problem that we have in general that our first series especially was us very much experimenting with the podcast and still getting into our groove and learning how to do these kinds of things. And so the tone and the content are maybe not as great as they could have been otherwise. And so topic-wise, it would be institutions. Style-wise, I'm not so sure. Well, I would disagree on the content. I think the, the content of the institutions episode is uh, is really good. Uh, it's just that you can clearly tell that we're experimenting with this. I mean, we, at, back then, we didn't have the jingles, you know, where we ask, what are the facts? What is the bubble? What is the problem? What's the future? Um, we didn't have that. So there was a lot less guidance, I think, for the listeners. Um, we also got sidetracked very easily. Uh, there were two or three moments in the episode where we completely went off, off script. Uh, well... It's not like we have a script, but we went away from the structure and then kind of tried to get back. Uh, so you had this and it, it also seemed a bit more forced, right? Now it's a lot more us just talking to each other. Um, and that, I don't know, that, that seems very nice. That development overall seems very nice. Which is interesting because, I mean, might be interesting for our listeners to know that typically in preparation for an episode, we go through the main topics that we want to discuss and we put them on a little Google Doc where we go through uh, the issues that have to be highlighted, but that's as much scripting as we have, right? We don't we don't script anything else beyond like these are this is the broad structure, this is the index of the episode. But I believe in the past, in our past episodes, we we prepared more. We had more things in advance. 
We even re-recorded a few times. And it's still interesting that we then went off script quite a lot, uh, despite that deep preparation, right? Exactly. I think it's best summarized by saying that we prepare more for episodes, but we script less. Um, it's because, so for example, if I look at this next segment for this episode, for this introduction episode, uh, it just asks, what is the Western bubble? Um, and I think that, you know, as, as a trailer for our third season and also kind of as a summary of our podcast so far, it's really in, uh, important to answer one more time uh, this question for our existing listeners, but also for all the, all the new listeners that are joining us. Um, Balder, what is the Western bubble? Um, why are we talking about this? Well, for two people... Um, who very much grew up in what we geopolitically call the West. And two people who, I believe I speak for you as well, have love for um, the Western system, have love for Western societies in the sense that liberal democracy has a lot of advantages, has been very successful over, over time. It is painful to see how the West is starting to mess up things, right? And and a lar large part of that is internally. Internally, the institutions that we just mentioned are on the decline. But it's also visible in the way that the West behaves externally towards the rest of the world. And that is very clearly motivated by an inner arrogance that the West has, an inner sense of superiority, the Western bubble, where we believe as Westerners that somehow because we're democratic, because we're liberal, we're inherently automatically better than other systems. We are better than uh, peoples or cultures that have not followed our historical path. And the result of that is that we're blind to our own weakness. So we find it harder to strengthen our own behavior internally, but we're also very destructive externally. Because if you tell yourself that you're the good guys, that you're inherently better than the rest, then your behavior on the world stage is going to be very destructive. You're going to be blind to the realities of other people, um, of other countries, of other societies. And so the Western bubble is a delusion about who we are versus the rest. And because of that delusion, we're incapable of halting the internal decline and we're incapable of seeing our destructive nature to the rest of the world. And this all started in the 1990s with uh, the, the fall of the Soviet Union and the West winning history. And I think that this is always a super nice summary and we've... Uh, we referenced this a lot and we've also recorded specific episodes on this on Francis Fukuyama and his very influential writing of, uh, I mean, winning history, right? That the West won history, that there's uh, only, only you know, one system, it's the end of history um, and that liberal democracy is the system to go and it's this conviction that everyone, every culture, every state, every country is eventually going to end up with the model of liberal democracy because that's simply the most superior model that we as humanity have developed yet. Yes, I would argue that the, the actual start is very inherent to the longer term process over centuries of, 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 of how the West has developed. But in the 1990s, without the existential threat of the Soviet Union, seemingly having won history by having won the Second World War, the First World War, the Cold War, uh, it became very apparent that the Western bubble exists, that, that the West is somehow deluded about its own 
destiny, about its own sense of superiority. And um, as time goes by, it's getting worse, unfortunately, because we are continuously looking for confirmation of that bubble in the Ukraine war, uh, in the war against terrorism, in all kinds of international dynamics. We look for affirmation that we are actually the superior society compared to everyone else. And we also do this internally, right, with the fight against populism and the importance of democracy, whatever that is. Um, there's a lot of, you know, instances in which you can see the Western bubble at work. And that's the reason why we've recorded close to 60 episodes already on, on different topics and different areas of life internally or externally where you can see the Western bubble at work. Yes, and there's plenty to talk about still because this it's all, it hits so many different aspects of our society, right? It's, it's related to almost everything we do as a society because it's so deeply ingrained in us. He, my son is now seven years old and he is already being bombarded with pro-Western bias, if you like, and, and it will only get worse in the next 10 years for him. When, and this is also how this podcast more or less started is um, I, uh, and this is not a secret, uh, I, I was your student uh, once, uh, you were actually, I've said this before, the first professor uh, to ever teach me at university um, in, during my bachelor's degree. And there you could already see, not in your class, of course, but in other classes, you could see um, elements uh, of the Western bubble. And then this has kind of developed further. And then at some point, um, kind of we, we I, I don't even remember who started the conversation, but we were like, oh, maybe there should be a podcast about this. Maybe there should be some form of wake up call to, uh, yeah, to society out there where someone says, hey, we have a deep, deep problem with the Western bubble. And only by highlighting this problem can we actually improve the West. And that's something that we're very interested in. In many ways, I, I, it's the most patriotic thing that you could do. And I say this as someone who doesn't really have a sense of nationalism. Um, but I lived in too many countries. And for too many years, I've been outside of my home country, the Netherlands, uh, to feel patriotism or nationalism in that sense. But it's the most patriotic thing to do to be critical of your own society, right? To, to critically look at the weaknesses of your own society and thereby strengthen your society. Instead, unfortunately, what happens is that people who feel very proud and nationalistic and uh, very eager to defend their country feel that somehow it's a betrayal of their country to criticize themselves. They feel that it's their duty to criticize other countries for not being as good as them, which is actually the wrong, wrong way around, right? That's that's putting the carriage in front of the horse. Uh, that is not the way that you strengthen society. You love your society. You want to strengthen it as critically as you can. Look at it and try to find the weaknesses and strengthen your society as a result. Well, you're telling this to a German. It's, it's kind of like a national hobby, right? Uh, we, we love to criticize uh, Germany. However, 
um, always within the Western bubble, right? The, the criticism that you hear here is always, oh, that's undemocratic, and how can you say that, and that's populist, um, and things here are going not well in this and that direction. Um, but, I mean, if, if criticizing was a national sport, I think Germany would, would win. Speaking um, of which, uh, you asked me about favorite episodes. One of my favorite episodes is where you talked about the German experience of dealing with the Second World War, which is a really, really important issue uh, not just for Germany, but for the rest of the world to learn from, right? The way that Germany has done this, the way that Germany is self-critical, has really strengthened the country. It has made the country better on the international stage and better internally. And it should be celebrated as such. So, you know, that is certainly an episode that I really very much enjoyed. The Problem of Winning History. Uh, what's the title of that episode? Um, and this was one of the more uh, so theoretical and, and historical episodes, and we've recorded a lot on them. We have also recorded uh, episodes on more current affairs, on developments that are basically happening the week of recording, where we say, well, let's see from a Western bubble perspective what's going on here or what's going wrong here. And those uh, were some of the episodes where we've uh, received a lot of positive responses uh, for. And that's the reason why uh, we will have a lot more of them. Um, we will also have uh, still these theoretical episodes. Um, and as always, we will always publish them on Wednesdays. Wednesday is Western Bubble Day. However, there's also a new addition uh, to our formats uh, of episodes. And that's where uh, we will be hosting a number of guests on our show. Uh, once in a while, where we will maybe talk to someone who is very much in agreement with us and maybe can tell us more about a specific case, um, or we will have guests um, who might not agree with us, because uh, that's, uh, I mean, we, we do have a tendency to agree a lot with each other, and maybe having a third voice once in a while who will tell us, no, oh, I disagree, uh, might be might be very interesting for listeners. Yes, I'm very excited about that. I think that will be a very good addition to to what we're doing. And even though I don't think it's necessary to have hard debates, there's, there's enough shouting in the world already, it is certainly, of course, the case that we take a very specific position in this podcast. And it will be very interesting to hear views from outside of our own bubble, right? We've got our Western bubble bubble, if you like. And it's, it's, it's good to have some people puncture through that, whether it is with additional insights that we didn't think about yet or what it with a very different perspective that maybe takes a different approach and maybe rejects our western bubble criticism and this is exactly what season three will be about uh, season three will last until the end of this year until the end of 2023 and we will be starting our season with the next episode on wednesday the 13th of september until then, listen to all the old episodes and we will talk to you soon. Bye bye.